Huddling up with Upper Cumberland coaches and players. Clay County and White County each claim their sixth win of the season. Stone Memorial suffers their first region setback, while Livingston Academy drops a homecoming heartbreaker to Cumberland County. From ucsportsnation.com, this is the High School Playbook. The Upper Cumberland's place to talk prep sports. Built by Mountain Barn Builders. Quality products, a high level of workmanship. Mountain Barn Builders, storage buildings, animal shelters, gazebos. Visit Highway 127 between Jamestown and Clark Range. Good morning from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville. Welcome to the High School Playbook. I'm your host, Tom Duggan, as we get set to take a look at week eight in review with some coach interviews, player interviews, and much more. Please forgive right off the bat. Uh, definitely battling a little bit of the sinus stuff that everybody else has. So the voice a little under the weather today, but we'll get through in a great show. Several coaches will be stopping by to talk with us today. Before we get started, though, let's hit the uh, Week 8 scoreboard around the Upper Cumberland. The Clay County Bulldogs improved to 6-1 overall on the season. They get four touchdowns from Joseph Markham, a pick six by Alec Kerr, and it's Clay County over Scott High easily last night, 53-7. We'll be joined by Clay County head football coach Bruce Lamb via telephone here in just a few moments. White County gets Malachi Dowell back in the second half of Friday night's football game with Hillsboro. Dowell, in just one half of football, rushes 23 times, 240 yards, and a touchdown. White County over Hillsboro, 35-21 for the season now. Malachi Dowell has 2,097 rushing yards in 27, and 27 touchdowns in eight games this season, actually, in seven games as he missed last week's game against Wilson Central. Just some head-spinning numbers. Trip Pinion in the game last night for White County, three of five passing for 60 yards. He also added 47 yards rushing. Cumberland County gets their first win of the season as they blank Livingston Academy. Homecoming in Livingston. Cumberland County spoils it. Seven to nothing, the final score. Drayton Hairston with 112 yards rushing for the Jets. We'll talk to Livingston coach Dale Flatt and members of the Wildcat team later on in today's program. Macon County tops Stone Memorial 35-34 to last night. Stone Memorial scored with 2.10 left to play in the game. They decided to go for two, but the two-point conversion failed. They attempted the onside kick, but Macon County would recover, and the Tigers hold on by a single point, 35-34. Now there's a four-way tie in Region 4-4A in the loss column as Stone Memorial, Macon County, Upperman, and DeKalb County, each with one loss in region play in Region 4. Some other area scores of interest on Friday night. Gordonsville blanks Trousdale County, 35-0 Trousdale County, at 0-8 on the season. Watertown over Harpeth, 26 to nothing. Cannon County downs the Tennessee Heat, 28 to 19. And the week's biggest surprise thus far occurred when the Oakland Patriots had their 36-game win streak snapped by CPA on Thursday night. Final score, 35-14. Right now, we'll shift gears and head back to Clay County to speak with Bulldogs head football coach Bruce Lamb about Clay's big 
53-7 victory over Scott High on Friday night. Coach, congratulations on another big win for your program. Is your team firing on all cylinders as you head down the home stretch of the regular season? I think we're getting there. I don't think we're uh, on all cylinders yet. Uh, I think there's more that we can do. And uh, But I'm very proud of what they're doing, and, and these kids are working. And, uh, it's, it's just it's exciting to watch these kids as they get better each day. You talk about work. The work ethic of this team, do you really like that? I love it. Um, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I came to Clay County, uh, when I went and met with the kids and talked to them. We don't, they don't say a lot, you know, they're not very vocal, but I'll tell you, when you tell them to do something and they're going to do it and they do it as hard as they can. And, uh, I just, that's love the work ethic. It's, it's been great. And, and, uh, you know, it makes it a lot easier on a, on a young coach, an old coach, that's for sure. <laughs> coach, when they look at the season, and again, we've talked about this a little bit about taking it a game at a time. Do they still look down the road and see a big picture and and focus in a little bit on what they feel like they could accomplish long term? We never mention anything down the road. It's always uh, it's always what's ahead of us and uh, as in the, the next next game and uh, you know there, there's some big things ahead. You know with the Gordon Floyd and, and York. You know those are two really good football teams and. Uh, you know, we we know that they're ahead of us, but it's never mentioned. These guys, they stay focused and, and, and ready to go. Let's get back to Friday night's game, Coach. A 53-7 win over Scott. What were some things you really liked about your team's performance? Uh, you know, I, I thought we, we came out in, uh, I think, the first uh, first drive. We drove down, and, and uh, Joseph Markham went in. He, I think he had four scores. Uh, ran the ball really well, and uh, and then uh, uh, Scott County's first possession, they dropped back and they tried to throw a ball out in the flats. And Alec Kerr for the second week in a row picks one off and runs in for a for a touchdown. And and you know just just seeing them come out and, and being ready to play. And we, we were off for school this week, and you know every one of them showed up to practice and uh, early in the morning and, and did exactly what they were supposed to do. And, uh, you know, it's just it's great right now. It's a great place to be. We're speaking with Clay County head football coach Bruce Lamb on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Coach, you mentioned having a week off for fall break. I know that can sometimes be a distraction. How good did that feel to see the players coming in each day and ready to go to work? You know, it, it was it was super. Um, you know, didn't have to beg. You know, or anything. They, they just. They showed up and they were ready to practice, and uh, they weren't late. They, you know, they were on time and, and they were on the field before a lot of times the coaches were. And uh, just they're anxious to go and, and they enjoy this. And it's, been, it's been super. You mentioned the pick six for the touchdown and second week in a row there. Uh, and I know you're a defensive ball coach at heart. What's that like for you seeing a play, big play like that on defense leading to a touchdown? Uh, it's 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 very exciting. To, uh, you know, these guys. Uh, Coach Dickerson does a great job of of scheming up things and and, uh, and to watch these guys go out and execute and perform and, and you know and, and get the big plays. You know, we had a big play on the punt return again last night. Also, and, uh, it's it's just exciting. And, and to tell you one other thing, is exciting. You know, uh, Keaton Arms, our quarterback, is, is still nursing a hamstring, and Nate, step, Nate Adams stepped in. And 
Wow. I mean, Nate Adams looked phenomenal last night, and it looks like he's been doing it his whole life. And uh, I just tell you, it's exciting to see these kids step up and, and take on the challenge. And, and then, you know, they answer the call when, it's, and when it's time. Football's the next man up sport because this time of year, particularly, you're going to have those injuries. And kind of getting back to that, Coach, what's that been like seeing some players that have had, like Nate, stepping into that quarterback role? Yeah, you know these kids that they step right in anytime it's their when it's their time, and and uh, you know had a few uh, you know uh, Austin Anderson stepped in last night on the defensive side for Keaton and, and played super outside linebacker. Ben Maxwell went in the inside linebacker. Um, uh, Worm Smith he did a great job, and you know I just keep going down the line. I have these kids just step up and uh, you know step up to the challenge, and, and it's it's great to see that. Coach, you mentioned Coach Mike Dickerson and the defense. You've got Coach Jimmy Maynard on offense. You, between the three of you guys, I know that's a lot of years of head coaching experience and just coaching experience in general. What's that working relationship been like between you three guys this year? Oh, it's great. Uh, I, mean, I enjoy going to practice every day and uh, being with these guys. They're, they're, they're super guys, you know, those two and, and Carl Ledbetter and Wilson Cage and Stephen Arms. You know, it's it's exciting to go with him. It's fun to be with those guys. So, you know, we all have different personalities, but we're all there for one goal, and, and we all work together to get that. And it's it's been super. Clay County, a fifty-three to seven win over Scott High on Friday night. Grundy County coming up, Coach. I'm sure you're going to spend more time probably later today looking at the Yellow Jackets. It's a team that struggled somewhat this year, but uh, you know they've got a tradition of football there, and uh, it seems like. Going down to Grundy's always a pretty tough place to play. What do you uh, what do you see from this matchup? Well, I don't know a whole lot about them this year. Um, I haven't looked at them very much, but I do know that uh, it is a long trip um, and, and it's a long way to go. And, and I know they play a different brand of ball than we do. Is uh, they're a bigger school, so they'll have they'll have some uh, some good players and some bigger players. I'm sure. Uh, so it, it always brings a challenge to us, and and uh, we'll watch film and see if we can break it down and go out and do the best we can do. Clay County at Grundy County next Friday night, then it'll be back home for York Institute in Gordonsville, two big games to wrap up the regular season. Clay County head football coach Bruce Lamb, our guest this morning on the High School Playbook. Coach, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on the win last night. Good luck moving forward. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. A big win for the Wine County Warriors on Friday night. We'll speak to head football coach Mark Frazier about it when we come back to Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville. This is the High School Playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. Bobcats to Tigers. They all get along here. Talking prep sports. The High School Playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. White County Warriors pick up their sixth win of the season and all but nailed down playoff berth in the upcoming Class 5A playoffs with a 35-21 region win over Hillsboro on Friday night. Malachi Dow with 240 yards rushing and a touchdown in just one half of play on Friday night, putting Dow over 2,000 yards for the season. White County head football coach Mark Frazier joining us on the high school playbook. Coach, first of all, how good was it to see Malachi back out there on the field? Oh, well, it was great. You know, we um, 
we didn't play him in the first half. He's still banged up pretty good. Um, you know, his groin still hurting him a little bit. So we just didn't feel like we were going to be able to get a full game. And um, and the thoughts that if we went at halftime, it, it would be 20 minutes of nothing and tighten up on him. So we didn't play him at all in the first half. And uh, came out in the second half, and, and um, he just had a big half of football. So he changes your team. He just changes the dynamic. Just a special football player. It's really good to have him back. That groin injury, Coach, is that kind of just one of those nagging things that you just kind of have to deal with, or is there any way to make that any worse than it is? What kind of injury basically is that? Well, the good news is, you know, we've got some guys in the community that are uh, connected with some people I would never be able to get to. Ethan Roberts is a, is a young man that plays for the Chicago Cubs. Um, he knows some, some guys down in Nashville that – work with some Titans, you know, Titans players and things like that. We've taken him down for a couple of treatments. And if you ask me to explain what they're doing, I cannot tell you. So, so don't even, it's, 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 uh, it's needles. It's, you know, it's been around for a little bit, but it's, uh, uh, it helps to relax that muscle. But, you know, bottom line is it still takes time. Um, he, he was in pretty good shape. He was in better shape than the week before. Uh, but he still could feel it. And then we just knew going into the bye week, and, and, you know, we'd have a chance to, Maybe if we could limit him just a little bit last night to get him all the way back 100% by the time we get to Hunter's Lane in two weeks. So, um, you know, he, he felt pretty good after the game. I'm sure he'll be sore today, but I think two weeks he will he should be back, you know, able to do what he normally does. He, he wasn't 100% last night. His burst was, I think he would tell you, wasn't quite the real man. He ran hard in, in between the tackles, just uh, gave us a spark in the second half. So just very proud of him. And uh, like I said, hope he gets all the way back. That Hillsboro team coming in was one in five, and people like to look at records and judge football teams. But this is a Hillsboro team that played a pretty quality schedule. What were your impressions of them? Well, you know, the last two weeks we played teams with records that were poor. I told him last week Wilson Central was a pretty good football team. Everybody they lost to was a top ten team at one point, and then. Hills were, you know, very similar to that. They just uh, so athletic. Um, you know, they they scare you a, a lot. Especially, you know, to me, their defense is really good. They run to the football really well, and um, and then on offense, you got skilled kids that can go the distance at any time. And uh, you know, it, it was a scary football team to play, um, but you know, really proud of our team, proud of our defense. They played really well. Uh, you know, getting to halftime, that was one of the things we were preaching. Let's get to halftime to get, get you know, Malachi back on the field and, and uh, had that lead going in there into the second half and the defense played well to get it there and then able to finish it off at the end. 35-21 White County over Hillsboro on Friday night. White County football coach Mark Frazier joining us on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Your quarterback, Trip Pinion, last night, uh, 60 yards passing, 47 yards rushing. Got you a couple of touchdowns there on the ground. And, again, I know in, in recent weeks we've really been talking about Tripp and how he stepped his game up. Coach, is it a week-to-week thing where you just see him taking yet another big step in his football career? It is, and I'll tell you the thing about Tripp. He's just a gritty football player, just a football player. There's no other words to describe him. I, it, it was funny. He was walking by after the game, and a, and a fellow coach from a – from the past that was there watching and he goes well you wouldn't pick him out of a lineup he'd be the <laughs> he'd be the last one picked on the sideline if he were standing there with no pads on but he should be the first one picked because he's so gritty gets things done he's so knowledgeable of the game 
and just a sophomore. So, uh, you know, it's going to be something to watch the next couple of years, you know, what he's capable of doing. So proud of him. You know, he had a rough night. We were talking, he fumbled last night, and I'll be honest with you, we were going back to even his peewee league. I, I don't remember Tripp ever losing a fumble, and that's something to be said when you played for since you were, you know, five years old uh, and played quarterback the whole time. I've never remembered him doing that. Just a solid, solid performer. And uh, like you said, I think he's just going to continue to get better each week. Going into the bye week, I know it's always good at this time of year to be able to rest a little, you know, heal up some bumps and bruises. You mentioned Malachi getting another week to kind of rest his injury as well. What's kind of the game plan for you guys as uh, you get the week off in terms of play? Will there be some practice? How are you going to approach the bye week? We're taking the week off. <laughs> we, uh, these these kids can, can barely walk and move. It came at a really good time for us because we, we kind of went through, um, uh, you know, a gauntlet four-game stretch there with you know, Mount Julian, who's very physical, and Green Hill very physical, and Wilson Central and Hillsborough in a row that we, we needed to – I think we need definitely need a physical break, but sometimes you need a mental break too. Um, we told them, you know, we want you to enjoy your week, take care of your body. We gave them a – you know, some ideas on working out at home and doing some things to stay, you know, healthy and fresh. But when we come back, we'll we'll hopefully be ready to regroup and restart and reboot for the last two games going into the playoffs. Two games to kind of prepare you for the playoffs, Coach. Maybe some areas that uh, you'd still like to see some improvement as you get down to these final two games of the season. Well, I mean, I thought we showed some, some really good improvement. And our big area of concern has been the secondary uh, they played spectacular last night. I mean, it was it was a really really good game in the back end. Um, the front seven played better. We got tons of pressure, but we've got some things that we've got to clean up up there with our assignments and, and you know just where we're going on play to play. Sometimes we do some things that you know we look like we're freelancing out there, not going where we where we need to. Uh, I think we got to continue offensively to, to work on our passing game to be able to be a little bit more diverse. It's it's easy when you get. Malachi in the backfield is just, you know, Malachi right, Malachi left. And, and, and it's a pretty good playing. It works pretty good when, he's, <laughs> when we're doing that. But, we, but we've got we've to get where when we're playing some teams that are going to be uh, a little better that we're, we're going to have to be able to throw it a little bit. So we've got to continue to work on all those areas. But with that being said, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty solid game everywhere. Special teams played good. Um, offensively, we played really good in the second half. And, you know, defensively, it was a pretty good performance. We had about a six or seven minute stretch where we went brain dead and gave up a couple touchdowns. But after that, you know, we did a pretty good job the rest of the way. So, plenty of work and plenty of room for improvement. But you know, still proud of the way they played last night. I want to come back to Malachi one more time because, as I mentioned on the front end, he went over two thousand yards for the season, twenty-seven touchdowns last year. He had two thousand twenty-nine yards. 22 touchdowns. We all know how great of a young man Malachi is. Is he? Do you feel like, Coach, statewide now, people are starting to finally take notice of this young man and realize the kind of special football player he is? Well, if they don't, I don't know what else you can do. I mean, I don't understand what else we, you could accomplish if you didn't think he's special. Um, it, you, you can see it, though. People, people do know it. Let me just tell you. The Hillsborough football team knew it when he came in last night. The the excitement on both sides of the ball and in the stadium when he goes in the game is is pretty. Uh, it's it's very easy to see. Uh, they were totally excited to try to you know meet that challenge. Of course, you know it didn't work out too well for him. But that's 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 uh it's he he just brings excitement to the field for everybody involved. Uh, and I think the state is starting to take notice. Uh, everywhere I go, I couldn't. 
fill up a gas tank or buy a biscuit this week with a hey how's Malachi how's Malachi so he's 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 the he's the star of the town right now and deservedly so and he's a very very good kid I keep saying that people don't realize how good a kid he is humble and 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 modest and so everybody's pulling for him and I I think he's starting to get the recognition that we felt like he's deserved for a couple of years so well deserved Certainly well-deserved, well-earned, and a fine young man and uh, just having a fantastic season. Not only Malachi, but the White County Warriors, who are now 6-2 and two and are en route to the playoffs in uh, Region 55A. Coach Mark Frazier is our, has been our guest on the High School Playbook. Coach, congratulations on another great region win last night, and uh, enjoy this bye week and get some rest. Hey, we thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll speak with Coach Dale Flatt and members of the Livingston Academy football team live at Chick-fil-A when the high school playbook continues, built by Mountain Barn Builders. The High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. The Upper Cumberland's high school players and coaches gather here. It was homecoming in Livingston on Friday night. The Livingston Academy Wildcats come out on the short end of a 7-0 tough defensive battle on Friday. Head coach Dale Flatt joining us on the high school playbook live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. Coach, uh, a gritty defensive battle last night. Uh, what were your impressions of the game overall? You know, and like you said, I thought we played great defensively. Uh, we struggled a little bit offensively. And, uh, I, you know, they, they had one score. Uh, they got the ball down on on their side, you know, and 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 got in there. But uh, but I thought I thought our kids played the whole game. I mean, it, it was uh, it, it was a, a complete game defensively. I thought second half in particular on offense, you had some opportunities. I know you went to more of an air based attack toward later on in the game. But it seemed like Cumberland County did a pretty good job covering downfield. I know Brody had to improvise a few times along the way. What did they do to you defensively? You know, they uh, they they stuck on us pretty tight. You know, as far as our receivers is concerned, and uh, and, and you know they blitzed some. They got through some. Uh, uh, you know, we had to scramble quite a bit. Uh, you know, and I think uh, you know sometimes we uh, we completed a few. Uh, moved the ball a little bit, but uh, just couldn't get it in the end zone. First drive of the ball game, it was a nice drive. I think it was a separate play, about 14-play drive that got you down inside the red zone. Running the ball effectively on that first drive, what, what were some things you felt were going right there? Well, I, you know, uh, you know that first drive, getting all the way down there, of course we went for it on fourth and maybe three or four. I can't remember exactly how many yards we, we liked. Uh, thought about thought about going for three, you know, and, and uh, just almost did. And I thought, well, we drove it all the way down there. I thought, you know, uh, the momentum's going. We need to stay with it and just try to get through. Of course, we didn't we didn't get the first down, so they got the ball. Of course, they got the ball down there deep. Uh, you know, maybe I should have went for three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of – and I know you don't have very much time to make that decision. I mean, do you just kind of ride that wave of momentum and making a decision like that? I do, and a lot of times, uh, you know, if it's fourth down and, and uh, you know, we got maybe uh, five or less, uh, you know, we, we kind of think about how the momentum's went on that drive. Uh, if it's, uh, you know, if we've been doing pretty good and moving the ball down the field, then we'll go ahead and go for it. Uh, and, and I think that that helps the kids. You know, they they feel like they've worked that ball all the way down the field. Uh, 
you know, you don't want to take that away from them. You want them to uh, go ahead and try to finish. Right, right. You get Lachlan Hammock back in the offensive backfield and on defense last night as well. How much did that kind of help your team overall? I think Lachlan's one of our leaders. I think he, uh, you know, he, he brings to the game uh, every down trying as hard as he can. And, and so uh, I, I like Lachlan out there just because of being the leader and because of uh, his work ethic and, and the things he does to try to do the very best he can. Coach, there were some issues with some snaps last night. You had a, a couple of balls that got away, able to recover. What was going on there between the center quarterback exchange? Well, we, we moved uh, Matthew Slayton over to center. Uh, we thought he would be better there. Uh, he struggled a little bit with that, and we went ahead and moved Nathan Hargist over there about halfway through. And, and Nathan has done that for a long time now. Uh, we thought he would be better suited at guard, but uh, with that exchange the way it was, we had to go ahead and move Nathan back. Livingston Academy head football coach Dale Flatt joining us on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Coach, the resiliency of your football team, these kids, I know they come to work every day and they work hard. Just what can you say about that aspect of this team? You know, a lot of kids could go in when you're winning and, you know, be on top of the world and, and think everything's just going right. But when you come in every day and you work hard when you're losing, that that shows character. I mean, it, it shows uh, it shows what they're made of. Uh, you know, you you want to win every game, but when you don't and you're still there and you're still trying, uh, you know, you learn from that. And, and I think they learn lessons in life from that. And uh, you know, that's what we try to instill in these players is, uh, you know, what to do after after high school football. Right. You know, how how are you going to live your life? What are you going to do? And, uh, and you know, we'd all love to win. I, I would love to win. This is killing me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, is, is how we handle this and how we handle our lives and, and what we go on to do in the future. Tough loss again for Livingston Academy, 7 to nothing to Cumberland County. Let's bring our players up and uh, talk to them. We'll start with Logan Johnson, one of the seniors on this Livingston football team. And, uh, Logan, it being homecoming last night, such a tough, hard-fought football game, how much did it hurt to lose that one last night? Uh, it hurt really bad, you know, just knowing that it's the last homecoming you'll ever play in. I just wanted to leave it all there out in the field. Um, felt like I could barely walk off the field after it, just knowing that I left it all out there. How does that feel like when you know it's your last homecoming, your last football season, soon your last home game will be coming up? What what thoughts enter your mind? Just the emotions are high. You just want to get everything out there. You just want to make sure that you leave it all out for the rest of the team because you know one day that it'll be their last game too. So you just want to make sure you can do everything you can. These last couple of years certainly been tough, you know, with the losses. But not just that, waiting for the new stadium to be built. You basically played last year on the road and the first half of this season. What's that experience been like for you? Um, it's just different because the atmosphere at home is just so good for the home field. Like, it feels like no other. But not being able to play on that field, it just felt like an away game every game. How proud will you be to look back one day and say, hey, I played in the first game at this new stadium? Extremely, but, like, it would have been nice to come out with a win. But, I mean, just to be a part of something like that, it's pretty special. Logan, you've got uh, you still got some games left, two games left in the season. What do you want to accomplish before it's all done? Um, I just want to go out there and show everyone I, what I can do. I love 
come out with some wins, um, but I'm just going to make sure I go, go out there and do what I can do. What do you feel like your high school career, when it's all said and done, that people will look back, what do you want them to remember you for? Um, that I just never stopped trying. Um, I've dealt with some injuries throughout high school, and no matter what, I've just come back and playing through it. All right, Logan Johnson joining us in the high school playbook. Let's get the other senior, Lachlan Hammock, to join us here. And uh, Lachlan, how good did it feel to be back in the lineup last night? I feel great. I mean, I, I missed it. When you're not on the field, when you're not getting to play and it's injuries, it's something that's kind of just out of your hands. How does that feel? It makes you feel horrible. Like, you just you want to get out there and it just drives you nuts. Being a senior on this football team and this being your last year, kind of along the same lines of what I asked Logan, what's that been like for you? What do you think about each night as you go out there and play the next game, getting closer to your last game? But I just want to get out there and give it 100% and do my best and just – do my best for them other boys too what about this team stands out to you whether it's on the field or off the field uh we just don't give up i mean we're down right now but still we just get out there and give it 100 percent still do you feel like you're close like it's just there's this hump and you're trying to get over it and you're getting closer and closer does it feel that way somewhat yes sir it does a week of practice what's that typically like for livingston academy football team well, we get out there and uh, we work our butts off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then we walk through Thursday, and then we go play Friday. What kind of growth have you seen in your game? And let's go back to your freshman year when you first walked out there to play football. What, what's it been like in terms of the growth as you, for you as an individual player? I just feel like I've been made a better person, and you know I've learned to just work harder and harder every year. Before it's all said and done this season, what would you like to see happen for Livingston Academy? I'd like to see a win. All right. You got two more chances, so it's not over, said and done just yet. A couple more chances for a win coming up. We'll uh, come over and talk to Nathan Hargis, a junior on the Livingston Academy football team. And uh, Nathan, you know you've got a senior season left to come back for, but uh, what would you like to do to kind of help send these seniors out for this 2022 season? I would like to be able to get them both, all those seniors, two wins. When you look at these seniors, are they good leaders, like in the clubhouse, on the football field? How do they, how do they lead? They lead us by making it a positive atmosphere and making us all not want to give up and be able to work for them. You being a junior, you're starting to get into that role of a leader yourself. Are you starting to adapt to that role? I'm working on trying to adapt to it. I try and practice, and I try to make everybody, you know, lead on as well as every, all the seniors have and try to get everybody up, get everybody good at practice and work hard. When your time comes and you are that senior leader on this football team, are you going to be a leader by example, a leader vocally, or a combination of the two? I'm going to try my best to be a combination of both of those. What really amps you up for a Friday night football game? Just the team in general. Thinking about going out there, getting on that field, playing with them, giving it 100% with all of them. Get the fans hyped up. That gets you. Does that kind of get you a little more excited when the fans into it? And oh, absolutely, yes, it does. <laughs> so, what's your favorite part of football? What What's the thing that really stands out about the game? My favorite part about it is just the brotherhood mm-hmm. of the football team and just getting out there and being able to play with them. Yeah, your ideal play would be what for what to happen that you're involved in. That I'm involved in. I would love to be able to pull. Pittsburgh 
All right. <laughs> That's coming from a true lineman right there. Nathan Hargis joining us. Let's get to Brody Coffee, another junior on this football team. And uh, uh, Brody, going back to last night's game, you know, you, you, you impressed me a lot last night because your field vision, the way you had to improvise at times. You take a lot of pride in that as a, as a leader and the quarterback of this football team. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because uh, sometimes, like, you know, plays, they break down and everything. And you know, sometimes you need something out of a play, and when the chance is there, you definitely got to take it and make something out of nothing. I've always wanted to get in a quarterback's head because you literally don't have much time to make a decision. How how hard is it to react so instantly? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely it's hard sometimes. I mean, you know, you you got to put the ball on a dot sometimes. I mean, there's so much different things that you got to do with the ball just to get it in the you know your playmaker's hands. And, uh, you know, you got to – sometimes it's not all about thinking. Sometimes you just got to make the play and just do it. Analyzing the field, you've got to decide if it's a passing play. At what point do you know, hey, nobody's open, i got to take off and run? <laughs> uh, well, sometimes it's it takes a little bit longer than some, but sometimes, you know, letting them run their route, it, it really spreads the DBs down there. So then you're, you've got more room to run, and it opens it up if you just wait a little bit longer. But – yeah, that's it takes it takes a little bit longer than usual, but yeah. Brody, I want to ask you about the seniors on this football team and uh, what they've meant to you as as leaders, as teammates. Uh, the the leaders on this team, I mean, they've definitely shown me how to be a leader, and uh, not by just speaking. They de- they show by example too. And I mean, Logan, his resilience. I mean, it's it shows that. I mean, he's just such a great leader, and that that's what he needs to be. And uh, I just don't know how somebody can just get up and just battle from all these injuries. And it's just, it's really cool to have him as a leader on this team. Brody, what are some things that you're still working on in your individual game, and maybe some areas you'd like to see some improvement that you're going to work toward? Uh, definitely, you know, getting the ball out quicker, just mechanics and uh, reading defenses and all that. Just knowing knowing what's being thrown at you. When you look forward to your senior season, I know you got unfinished business this year, but uh, moving ahead, kind of what you feel like you want these team goals to be, and you're going to be looked at as a leader when you approach next year as a senior. Uh, next year, we need to come in with uh, success on our mind, so that's that's the big one. And uh, you know, forget about these later years; just have success on our minds. How fired up are you going to be for these last two football games? I'll be real fired up, definitely, <laughs> definitely senior night. That's going to be fun too. I mean. Any home game we get, it's going to be fun. So, All right, Brody Coffee joining us. Logan Johnson, Lachlan Hammock, Nathan Hargis. Guys, thank you all for being out this morning. Coach, we'll come back to you for just a moment. And uh, the bye week is here. And uh, uh, plans for the bye week. I know fall break and everything is, is here. Uh, you going to have some time to rest? Or how are you going to approach the uh, the time off here? Well, I'll tell you what, my farm has grown up through <laughs> this football season, and I'm probably going to be doing a lot of bush hogging. So that's, that's what I'll be doing, and, and I want these kids to rest a little bit, and we'll come back in, you know, next week and, and work towards Watertown and, and try to get ready for them. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to say a little bit about these four that we have here, um, you know, all four of them are great leaders on our team, and, and they've really uh, worked hard to get the whole team united together. Uh, 
And, and like Brody said a minute ago, uh, you know, Logan has had a lot of injuries with his knees and stuff and, and, and just keeps on going out there, and that says a lot for him. Lachlan has had a hurt back for most of the season mm-hmm. and, and just keeps on going out there and trying. And, and Brody and Nathan, they, uh, they're always there, and they're always trying to get that team going together. Uh, and, and the rest of them, you know, I, I just can't say enough about them. Uh, I'm just privileged to be with them yeah. rather than, you know, them with me. Coach, thank you all for coming out this morning and being with us here at Chick-fil-A. We wish you the very best down the stretch of the season. Thank you. Coach Dale Flatt, members of the Livingston Academy football team, joining us. We'll talk some statewide high school football with Donovan Stewart when the high school playbook continues built by Mountain Barn Builders. Built by Mountain Barn Builders, the high school playbook. Covering every school across the Upper Cumberland for you. We're going to expand our coverage to statewide for this segment of the high school playbook delivered by Mountain Barn Builders and talk to Donovan Stewart, who's with MidStatePreps.com. He is also the media director for the Tennessee Football Coaches Association and also Donovan put out this year's edition of the Tennessee High School Football Preview Book. Donovan, I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for taking some time to speak with us today. As we're looking at this 2022 season as a whole, what would be the best word you might use to describe this season so far? Um, probably chaotic. That's probably what, that's what it's been you know, because every week it seems like there's always teams that are getting beat, and obviously this week, this week and next week is it's fall break for a lot of schools across the state, and and you know you've already had you know Thursday and Thursday night, and then last night you've already had uh, some some big time schools get beat and undefeated teams get beat because you know um, the top three teams in six A, uh, all three in the AP poll got beat uh, this week, so. Um, like I said, just chaotic because uh, any any given any given week, if a team doesn't play well, even though if they're undefeated and, and top ranked, they they can be beat. Well, you and I talked about this before we went on the air, but uh, no teams are undefeated now in the six A classification after Oakland and Collierville lose this week. Just that's almost unheard of. Oh yeah, usually you always have at least one or two teams that's you know undefeated going into the playoffs and. Now, whether or not they get there and win a state championship is a different story. But, yeah, usually, you know, obviously uh, CPA had a great game plan Thursday night and, and, and beat Oakland. I wasn't necessarily surprised that they beat Oakland because Coach Creasy said that, you know, they wasn't playing their best right now. So the thing is, the, what got me was just the margin of victory. But uh, but that's probably good for, for, for Oakland to get beat because – before the playoffs because it didn't it didn't hurt them in the region they're still in control of the region they're still going to win the region but the thing is it, it puts it puts that cloud over Oakland's head and coach Creasy can use that to his, for his guys to basically say look if you don't play and don't play well you can be beat any any week and and that's big going into the playoffs no doubt and uh, that snaps of course a 36 game win streak do you feel like that takes a little pressure off Oakland because with that streak, you know, such a target, and I know they're going to have a target on their back, Donovan, but does it take a little pressure off of them? I think it does. I think it does. And the thing is is they get back to fundamentals and they get back to, you know, trying to get better every week, and they don't have that, you know, we've got to play perfect every play 
because we've got a big winning streak on the line and and you know my dad was the was an assistant coach at Marion County back in the 90s and we went 56 and 1 and won four state titles in 6 years and trust me it's great to win but you know after a while it gets it gets to the point where your kids are just you know if they're not playing well they they kind of look down on it a little bit and the thing is is you know like we said you know coach Creasy can now use this as hey you know we got beat and we need to get back to square one and, and, and start a new winning streak. And, he, you know, a loss gets your attention. And there's not there's not a bad there's, – there's not a bad – sometimes you can have a good loss. And I think for Oakland, for Oakland, for Collierville, for Ravenwood, I think their losses in this week are probably good losses because it gets, those, it gets their kids back. It gets their attention back, and it shows that they can be beating any, any, any Friday night. Donovan, we know the names of Oakland, CPA, some of the premier programs across the state of Tennessee. Who are some sneaky good teams that you've seen this year that may be flying under the radar statewide? I think in 1A, I think obviously, you know, we talk about, you know, South Pittsburgh's the defending champion. Obviously, Peabody, McKenzie are really, really good. Gordsville's really good. I think the team that, that, uh, that, that could definitely have, have a say in it sayable. I mean they're undefeated, and if you look at their, if you look week to week stat, week to week scores, they they have been putting hurting on everybody. So I think Fayetteville in one A is definitely really good. I think Tyner in two A has has done a really good job. Um, obviously Alcoa in three A, Covington in three A, I think is pretty good in West Tennessee. Um, you know four uh, A, I think Greenville's back in four A. I think they're I think they're going to be really good. Um, Mumford in 5A. Obviously, I went to Page Nolans will uh, will beat Page, but I think both of them could have a say in 5A. Knox West in 5A is is really good. I mean, obviously, they proved a couple of weeks ago that they beat Alcoa, and they beat Alcoa at their own game. So I think those teams are are, are really good. So and, and again, 6A. I think 6A still Oakland's to to, to to lose. But obviously, there's some good teams in 6A, and obviously, when you don't have a undefeated team in 6A, that tells you something. We're talking statewide high school football with Donovan Stewart, again with MidStatePreps.com and the media director for the Tennessee Football Coaches Association. I want to come back to 1A, one of the teams in our area, Clay County, having a good season at 6-1. and one. You mentioned South Pittsburgh. Now, Region 3 and 4 will do battle when the playoffs get underway is this as good a South Pittsburgh team as we've seen, or does a Clay County and even a Gordonsville have a chance maybe to emerge from these matchups and, and move on to the playoffs? Oh, I think they do. I think South Pittsburgh, this, this is, I mean, South Pittsburgh's still good, but they're not as good as they have been. Um, so definitely I think I think the Clay, of course, Clay and uh, Gordonsville play last week of the regular season at Clay County for the region title. And that go a long way because obviously they would meet again probably in the playoffs. So yeah, I think Clay or Gordon's will, whoever wins that, whoever survives that game to play South Pittsburgh. Of course, it would be, and, and the thing is that would be in Gordon's Ward and Clay County's pocket is they would host South Pittsburgh in the playoffs, and I think that's a big deal. Home field advantage in the playoffs is a big deal. So I think I think either either one of those teams could beat South Pittsburgh this year. Uh, because, like I said, South Pittsburgh's good, but they're not what they have been, and they're starting a lot of young kids. So I think this is definitely the year 
that a Clay County or a Gordonsville could beat South Pittsburgh and and get to get to the semifinals and the finals this year. But and the thing is, like I said, whoever survives that Fayetteville, McKenzie, Peabody trifecta, I think is your West Tennessee uh, uh, representative in in the in the Blue Cross Bowl. Donovan, I want to go to Class 4A in this region in particular because uh, here in 4-4A, you've got uh, four teams with one loss to the loss column, and they're kind of it's been kind of dog-eat-dog, so to speak, at 4-4A. And then when you look at 3-4A, Red Bank, who's usually always pretty good, setting atop there 7-0, and and then East Hamilton at 5-2. and uh, this, The strength of 3-4A top to bottom this year is, Outside of Red Bank, is this is this a pretty tough region overall? It is, and and the thing is, is actually, actually we were talking about Fayetteville, just talking about Fayetteville. Red Bank goes to Fayetteville fr- this Friday night, this upcoming Friday night. So wow. that right there will tell you how good Red Bank is and how good Fayetteville is. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know Red Bank narrowly won uh, last night, but like I said, this this will be a great test for both Red Bank and for Fayetteville this upcoming week and and they play east hamilton i think it's either the 21st obviously it's either the 21st or the 28th i can't remember which 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 week that would determine that that uh that region title so i think both those teams are really good and of course you know uh the, the macon county win over stone memorial is a big win for for kyle shoulders in macon county and then, like you said, you've got Upperman who beat Macon County. The thing is, with that region for 4A, is you've got four really good teams uh, that have beat each other up. Right. And then, uh, and then obviously, unfortunately, at the bottom, you've got two really bad teams <laughs> in Livingston and you know, in 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 Livingston and well, I can't. I just Cumberland County on the yeah. other team. Cumberland County being um, the other. Yes, there you go, Cumberland County. Um, so. I think obviously you know who the four teams are in four four eight. The four playoff teams are in four four eight. But the thing is, it's just the order. Order, and the thing is, any of those teams could beat each other any given night. So you know, if 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 a Macon or a Stone or an Upperman did face an East Hamilton or a Red Bank, I think I think that's a that's a coin flip. It just depends on where that game's being held, being played, whether or not. Any of those teams can win. I, th- I think all six of those teams could make a run in 4A. Donovan, talking about Malachi Dowell at White County, of course he gets a lot of uh, a lot of talk in the Upper Cumberland region, and he's an outstanding football player, outstanding young man. Is Malachi finally getting the due statewide from coaches, from other teams, from the media, for what he's done at White County High School? Finally, and I actually saw him against Mount Juliet about two or three weeks ago. And um, uh, Trey Perry, Matt Juliet's coach, is on our on our TNFCA board. Uh, he and I are really good friends because we grew up together. Because our, our our dads coached against each other, and he told me before the week, he's like, "Dude, this this kid's legit." And I went and saw him, and he is legit. And the thing is, I told Coach Frazier that uh, we the TNFCA we hold a recruiting fair at the Titan Stadium uh, every April, and we invite. Uh, colleges from across the country and we have we had about 85 last year and we had about 135 high schools across the state come and i told coach frazier that he needed to join the tnca because he needed to come to the recruiting fair just for malachi because the thing is is the transfer portal has killed high school football recruiting yep um and um 
So for, for Malachi to get his name out there, he needs to come to the recruiting fair and meet with all these with all these college coaches that will come and see the, the coaches that can come in college are not the D1 coaches. They can't come. But the D2, the NAIA, the FCS, uh, the Division Two, Division Three, those are the schools that can come. And Malachi definitely can play at any of those schools because he is legitimate. And the thing is, if he was – Six one or six two instead of five ten or five eleven, every school in the country would know about the kid. Wow. Uh, he's that good. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you see what happens when he doesn't play. They don't win or they barely win. And then when he does play, they win and win by a big margin. So obviously, he's a big. He's a huge key to that team. And it seems like every week in my stat stuffers, he's in that. He's in there because he's putting up unbelievable numbers. Great info. Donovan, I know we could talk all day about high school football. Appreciate you taking some time today. Donovan Stewart from MidStatePreps.com. Again, he serves as the media director of the Tennessee Football Coaches Association and also the uh, author of the Tennessee High School Football Preview Book. Donovan, again, thank you so much for taking time out. Enjoy the rest of this football season. All right, no problem, man. Anytime you need me on, just let me know. Thanks for having me. We'll wrap up week eight of the high school football season when the high school playbook continues from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville, presented by Mountain Barn Builders. Big thanks to our guests for joining the program today. Special thanks to Livingston Academy head coach Dale Flatt, along with Logan Johnson, Brody Coffey, Lachlan Hammock, and Nathan Hargis for joining us live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville this morning. Clay County head coach Bruce Lamb, also White County head football coach Mark Frazier, and Donovan Stewart of MidStatePreps.com. Big games coming up in Week 9, a lot of region games as teams step back into region play. Coffee County will be at Cookville. DeKalb County is at Upperman. Oneida plays at Monterey. It'll be Smith County playing at Jackson County. Warren County at Shelbyville, all those games in region play. York Institute steps out of region. They'll travel to Knoxville to play Gibbs and Clay County on the road to take on Grundy County, White County, and Livingston Academy will have the week off. Our studio producer today is Jake Wallman. Alegna has been our one – she gets one name, one name, our uh, outside producer today. And we want to say a big thanks to them along with Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive in Cookville. Thank you all for listening to the High School Playbook presented by Mountain Barn Builders. I'm Tom Duggan.